Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. back to the common good on am 1160 hope for your life alongside ian simpkins my name is brian Fromm. thank you for joining us today uh ian i've talked often about one of our favorite things about this job is the various people we get to meet and um, we love when people come in studio and we just get to have a conversation and that is the case right now as nancy beach joins us nancy thank you so much for being here great to be here absolutely and so uh rather than read your bio why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself what do you want people to know Well, I grew up in Park Ridge, Illinois, and went to a great church. And by God's grace, I learned about his love when I was very young and uh, have been in the Chicago area pretty much uh, my whole life. Uh, I was a part of the group, the the youth group, actually, that started Willow Creek Community Church. Um, And I was in and out at the first few years because of college, but was pretty much there since the beginning. And had the joy and adventure of leading the arts ministry there, the worship mm. folks and technical team and video and drama and all of that. Wow. Um, later, I discovered that God had also entrusted me with a teaching gift. So I became a teaching pastor. And uh, eventually, after about 20 years uh, doing all of that, I shifted over to the Willow Creek Association. Oh, okay. Same campus, mm-hmm. you know, right. lots mm-hmm. of the same people. But uh, we were building a network uh, of equipping church leaders uh, around the world and uh, did all of that until I resigned in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I've done a variety of things, but currently I'm a leadership coach. I work with church leaders and parachurch organizations as well through the Slingshot Group, mm-hmm. um, group based in uh, Southern California. And I still teach and speak awesome. at various places. Awesome. I feel like most of the time when we have guests tell us what they've done, I always feel so underaccomplished. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness gracious, that's amazing. You also but are I'm like an author, twice though. your age. Yeah. So, had a little more time. That's all we need. All we need is time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate, that. I appreciate you appeasing my ego. That's very helpful. Okay, so but you're also an author. You've written two books, is that right? Yes. Can you um, tell us about those a little bit? I have only written two because that's all I have to say, basically. Uh, I Um, so appreciate that, though. They've been around a while. Um, One of them is really about uh, the Sunday morning experience in churches. It's called An Hour on Sunday. Mm. Sort of the core values that I think, no matter what kind of church you're a part of, uh, need to undergird that experience. And then the second one is called uh, Gifted to Lead, The Art of Leading as a Woman in the Church. Uh, based on my experience at, of at first being the only woman at the table often mm. um, and navigating that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the reasons Nancy's here is for us to talk about a one day conference that's coming up called Restore Chicago. Uh, it's a one day conference restoring faith in God and the church. Uh, some of the people there will be Julie Roy's and Nancy Wade Mullen. R.T. Uh, Maldiner, hope I got that name right, mm-hmm. and Worship by Josh Caterer. That is at Herrick Chapel at Judson on Saturday, November the 2nd from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, tickets are available at julieroys.com slash restore. And at that conference, you're going to be speaking specifically about surviving church pain, which is such 
an important topic. Um, and uh, I, I'm curious uh, what you're going to be unpacking there um, as you talk about surviving church pain. Well, I don't know why we're surprised, um, <laughs> but many of us have experienced church pain um, yeah. to varying degrees, of right. course. Um, but somehow we're always astonished. And then when I pull back a little bit and think about, okay, a church is full of sinners like me. Yeah. And uh, we often don't get it right. And I don't know why we're, we're so shocked. Um, but working through church pain uh, is extremely difficult. And sadly, a lot of people lose their faith in the process. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Julie's vision and those who've put this conference together are basically hoping to give a dose of encouragement Mm-hmm. Um, perspective, um, help all of us understand the fact that, you know, the church, the local church is still God's plan A right. uh, for reconciling the world to himself. Yes, I right. often look at him honestly and say, what was your plan B? <laughs> yes. Now would be the time. Uh, really the messing time. this up <laughs> big time. Um, but it is his plan A. And I also, I was doing some reading recently where a former pastor said, you know, often we want to say, well, the church has disappointed me so much that I am just going to have my personal relationship with God right. and avoid the church. Right. And that's tempting. I, I get that, yes. especially now when you can do podcasts and, you know, right. kind of worship in your living room or whatever. Um, but I don't believe that's what God intended. Yeah. And in spite of the messiness, um, I think the way we're transformed is being a part of a community, yeah. even one that isn't perfect. I've been a part of probably four main churches in my life. None of them were perfect, right. um, and I have given up the illusion, you know, of that. Yeah, that's actually just what we were preaching about over the weekend. I think it was Spurgeon who said the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. This idea yes. that like, oh, I'll just do it me at a coffee yes. shop or me in my living room, which right. is sometimes great. Like, go and do that. <laughs> You're under the weather, stay at home. That's that's totally fine. Yes. I'm I'm curious because I know that an event like this is certainly going to be life giving to so many people. Brian and I as pastors interact with people all the time that will never go to a conference like this. They're Mm -hmm. maybe listening now saying they're pointing to different failings and different heartache and say, that's exactly why I left the church. That's why I want Mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. Could you speak a little bit to someone who's, who's maybe at a place where they've abandoned ship and they're not interested in restoration. They're not interested in like dipping a toe back in the waters. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person who's like, it's a miracle they're they're listening to do pastors talk on the radio in the first place because their mm-hmm. their damage or their hurt is so real and so visceral they're like I'm just done. Well, first I would say um, your pain is real, and yeah. I I'm sorry for any ways the church has hurt you, mm-hmm. um, disappointed you, yeah. way leaders like me have have not done it right all the time. Mm-hmm. So that that is that is reality. However. Um, if I have a favorite Bible verse, it's probably uh, Proverbs four twenty three. It starts with three attention getting words above all else, mm. you know, above all else, guard your heart. Uh, one version says for everything you do flows from it. Another yeah. one says it's the wellspring of life. Um, but I believe that the evil one uh, intends and is quite successful mm. at leading us toward a path of cynicism, yeah. um, hardening our heart um, and and really getting quite sarcastic, um, speaking ill of others, all of that junk. And if we're going to guard our heart, we're going to have to make a different choice. Yeah, that's we have good. to say, God, how can I uh, not just survive church pain, but learn from it? Uh, what do I need to learn? What do I need to own? 
what do I need to forgive? Right. And how can I move forward in a way that my heart will stay healthy and sensitive and tender towards you? That's yeah. really good. That is, there's so many people out there that we talk to. I'm curious, you work with Slingshot Group. Uh, do you come across a lot of leaders and pastors who are struggling with church pain? And is it the same process that you walk them hmm. through? I absolutely do. And what I've learned is that um, the pastoral calling, particularly the senior pastor role, mm-hmm. um, is a lonely calling. Yeah. Um, Paul David Tripp, a former Lutheran pastor, calls it a dangerous calling, mm-hmm. which it is, because while we're all capable of sin, I think the um, role of a pastor and the way we tend to elevate that person, right. um, even in small churches, it doesn't yeah. matter what size the church, right. um, isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And he lists certain sins that it can uh, lead to if we're not careful, um, including uh, a sense of entitlement, Uh uh, a sense of narcissism, a Mm -hmm. sense of uh, I'm the exception uh, to certain things, and also a sense of no one really gets how hard this is. Mm. And that's probably true. I mean, a lot of people, that's where some of the loneliness comes from. But then we have a choice to make, and we either lean into community and truth telling and support hmm. or we make another choice and say i've got to escape from yeah, this right, somehow right and it starts in small ways and there's a myriad of choices of escape <laughs> right. ways yeah. that we can do that um, but that's what i come across a lot with leaders often i'll say to a senior pastor in particular but any senior leader um who's your closest friend outside of your spouse yeah. hmm. and many of them will pause some will say, well, I had a college buddy, but he lives halfway across the country. Yeah. We talk a couple times a year or whatever. They don't have a good answer to that question. Right. And I find that very, very sad. Absolutely. And when we talk about accountability, which is a great word, but doesn't exist in a lot of right. churches, um, I, I think that we have a lot of work to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are so grateful that you're here. And Nancy is going to remain with us after the break. We'll continue this conversation here on The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm, and we are thrilled to continue to be joined by Nancy Beach in studio. Uh, Nancy is here for many reasons. One is uh, we're talking about the Restore Chicago Conference, which is a one-day conference restoring faith in God and the church. Happening on Saturday, November the 2nd from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. at Herrick Chapel at Judson University. You can go to julieroys.com slash restore for tickets uh, and more information. So uh, this concept about church pain, and thank you so much for being here, but also all the things you shared. If people didn't hear that, please go listen to the podcast to the first segment here. Um, You know, and I don't want you share whatever you want, but um, having been at Willow Creek for so long and it being in the news and there being so much pain around that, I'm curious your own personal journey of keeping the faith in the church. Like, Part of me thinks, you know, someone like you, I'd be like, well, I'm, I, you would be a candidate for like, I'm done with the church, right? And so I would love to know just your own personal walking through the pain that the church could cause. Well, uh, I had no concept, and it's probably a good thing that I didn't, <laughs> what I was getting myself into. Mm. Um, I've been a part of a process for, that's going back four to five years now. Um, but eventually, in a more public way, adding my voice to the voices of some other people, yeah. calling out uh, the abuse of power and sexual abuse of our pastor. And 
uh, initially that was all very private, and we were mm-hmm. trying to do a process with the elders of the church to do an investigation. Um, as most people in the Chicago area at least know, um, eventually uh, that hit a dead end. Yeah. And we had a choice to make. And mm. it's a choice that's been very controversial. A lot of people mm. have disagreed with. We either had to bury it right. um, or we had to go to the press yep. and find some vo- some way to have this information come out. Uh, that was a very prayerful, um, diffi- exceedingly difficult decision. Yeah. Mm. One that we did not take uh, lightly mm. at all. And initially, uh, in the, with the Chicago Tribune, um, my husband and I had decided that I would add my story without my name. That was my mm. initial plan. And uh, eventually, several of the other women didn't want their name in it. And there were going to be any names. So it was going to be so confusing, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. woman A and, you know, all of this. And mm. uh, the writers asked me to reconsider. And we prayed again. And it was really my husband, um, Warren, who's... A remarkable man mm. who said to me, uh, honey, it's your decision, but I think um, adding your name might might matter here. Mm. And so I uh, took a deep breath and decided to allow that. Um, I expected um, criticism and all of that, not to the degree that it happened. Wow. We were actually down in Florida when the article broke and my phone was blowing up. It happened to be my birthday, which oh. is lo- lovely. But wow. anyway, um, finally, I just uh, said to my husband, "Let's go take a walk on the beach." I don't know, I don't know what's happening here, and I, I'm terrified, really. Oh. Um, you know, was it Peter? I forget. I think it was Peter who said, um, "But where else shall we go?" Right. You know, I never considered leaving my faith. That mm. that never crossed my mind. Um, Jesus has been close to me my whole, my whole life. And mm-hmm. I thought, um, I am not going to make it without, without God's presence. So yeah. that was never a thought. Um, and I wasn't a part of Willow Creek at that time. And so I wasn't about to leave that church. Right. Um, but I will admit that there's moments where I thought, you know, what if this ever happened again? You feel so vulnerable and you feel so disappointed. Right. Um, but I began to lean into community. Um, I do have a community uh, around me who've been very, very supportive. And I also uh, journaled a lot. And I mm. and I got to the bottom of saying, you know, I think I just have to keep asking God, what is the next right step? Right. Yeah. And I have to pray like crazy to avoid sins of pride, of mm-hmm. thinking that, um, you know, there's bad guys and good guys in this story and, and clinging tightly to my narrative and, my, you know, my version of events. Um, it's just been such a growth experience. Wow. And, you know, people always say pain leads to growth. It doesn't always lead to growth. It only leads to growth when we cooperate. Yeah, you know? right, um, right. Wow. Uh, and uh, I have grown more in the last few years um, than in a very long time. Wow. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, let me first just say thank you mm-hmm. for your story. Thank you for entrusting us on the show with a story, for putting your name in the mix just as a pastor, as a husband and a father. I'm just so moved by your story and testimony and your courage. And I know that it's not done yet either. I'm fully aware of that. And I, I'm I'm curious what you think, how common this actually is. Like across the United States, across the globe, how, how many stories are still in the shadows for fear of all the things that you just listed, very real, present, visceral fears 
Um, and how, how can we find a way forward in this? Well, Ian, I don't know statistically. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know, you know, we all know from stories. Um, but I will say this. Um, it is not only, I think one of the things that gets underexposed or underreported is not just situations of sexual sin, but even more the abuse of power. Right. And that's what I see in, in many, many places, which of course affects men and women uh, in churches. And part of it is our contribution to that mm-hmm. because we have in the last several decades, I think, contributed to sort of a celebrity culture right. yep. that holds up, again, pastors of any size church as sort of other than, and uh, that is part of the issue. Um, but I also think we have to learn what does it mean to hold someone truly accountable for yes. a board of elders or right. a board of directors. Um, I had a great conversation with a friend who's a pastor in Canada, and it's a large church, and he was telling me, I mean, they've been very sobered by all of these events, and yeah. he's had conversations with his board. And one of the things they said to him is, um, you know, Pastor, you are our spiritual father in many ways. This is a church where many people came to faith at that church mm-hmm. or at least have been discipled, you know, by this pastor. And they said, so hypothetically, if we see something in your life, how do you call something out on mm-hmm. your spiritual father? Wow. You know, when you think about it, I have great empathy for elders and for volunteers who are stepping into this yes. role And they've been entrusted with this huge responsibility. And yet, um, how do you even have a category for your pastor maybe not telling you the truth? Right, right. Or for hidden secret parts of the pastor's life that you don't know about. So I think this is an enormous issue. I think every church needs to take a look at their leadership structure, but even more at at just the heart behind it and say, um, let's prepare in advance. Yes. And let's support our pastors in such a way that their sense of loneliness or lack of support or anything else um, won't drive them to these kinds of escape. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Again, you're listening to Nancy Beach. Uh, she is going to be part of a one-day conference called Restore Chicago. Uh, the goal of this conference is restoring faith in God and the church. Julie Royes will be there. Nancy, Wade Mullen, R.T. Maldaner. Uh, and worship by Josh Caterer. It's Saturday, November the 2nd, 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. at Judson University's Herrick Chapel. You can go to julieroys.com slash restore. And you're also speaking at the Lyft Conference. Uh, yes. Friday, yeah. November 15th. Our station is putting that on. Uh, that is at High Point Church in Naperville. That's right. You can go to am1160hope.com uh, uh, and find out more information about that as well. Well, Nancy's going to join us for one more segment we're uh, so grateful that you're here. Uh, we're going to talk more about this, the, the church and restoring faith and um, surviving uh, church pain coming up next here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm, and we are thrilled to be joined for a third segment by Nancy Beach. Uh, Nancy is here uh, talking about the Restore Chicago Conference, a one-day conference that is happening Saturday, November the 2nd at Herrick Chapel at Judson University. If you've missed any of our conversation with Nancy, you need to go back and listen to it. You can do that at 1160hope.com or on our podcast, wherever uh, it is you get your podcasts. Okay, so earlier you'd mentioned that you'd written two books, and I'm going to begin today interceding on your behalf for a third. Eventually, <laughs> just cards on the table. I think the world needs it. But the one, the most recent book, uh, 
gifted to lead the art of leading as a woman in the church is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart and something that we've tried to tackle on this show. Again, recognizing as two white male pastors, there's all sorts of blind spots. Um, but I'm curious, one, what was kind of the origins of that book in the first place? Two, uh, what can we learn from what you learned in writing that book? Because I think it's a conversation we, we need to continue having, particularly at the local church level. Well, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, uh, we read to know that we're not alone. Mm. Uh, I may be wrong about who said that, but I think that was him. And And I wrote the book mostly because I was coming across so many women with leadership gifts in the church who felt incredibly alone mm-hmm. and uh, not understood or welcomed uh, with their gifts. And I tell the story in that book of when I was a little girl, uh, I started to, I didn't even know the word leadership, but that was starting to become evident mm. in me at school and uh, clubs and various things. And um, I was going to church and I never saw a woman up front at church other than the soloist right. uh, in the choir. Right. Um, Women could be deaconesses, and at my church that meant, seriously, um, hospitality. They did fu- food for funerals and stuff like that. Mm. My dad was a deacon, but women could be a deaconess. And I understand that there's different views about leadership in the church. But mm. as a little girl, I remember asking this question. When the gifts were distributed in heaven, was there a mistake made mm. that I was given a gift of leadership? Like, whoops, that's a girl, baby. Don't, you know, don't right. give her that gift. Right. Because I couldn't reconcile, I thought the only place I'm going to be able to use this is out in the world. Mm. I I can't, I had no imagination Mm. for being able to lead in the church. And so uh, these days I coach a lot of women church leaders and some of them are at churches that have a very conservative view on, on this theologically. And some of them are at a more egalitarian church, but wherever they may be planted, uh, what I want to equip men and women to do is to figure out how to lead well together mm. um, without sin, um, with mutual respect, treating one another with honor and dignity. Yeah. And it's not impossible. <laughs> and I actually have seen it and experienced it. The team that I got to lead um, for over 20 years, men and women, are still the closest of friends and wow. still family. And we do life together, even though we're not working together any longer. And I believe that in in this Me Too era that we're in, my deep concern is that a pendulum is going to swing even wider and say, see, that's what happens when you have women in leadership. So Mm -hmm. to avoid that, we're going to make it even harder. And we're going to have 20 more rules of how you can't be in the same elevator or at the same table or whatever, instead of focusing where I think the focus needs to be, which is on spiritual formation, Mm -hmm. to be so filled with the spirit of God that you could, it would be unthinkable for you yeah. to treat anyone with less than respect and love. And to be, uh, when Paul uses the term brothers and sisters, he does that very intentionally. Yes. Yeah. And it's yes. a beautiful term that we can be brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. Oh, thank you for that. So again, you're going to be at a conference that's restoring faith in God and the church speaking on surviving church pain. I guess with a with the rest of our time, what I want to know is, uh, are you hopeful for the church? When you look out at the, especially the American church, as you look at the landscape, are you hopeful? I'm very hopeful. Now, I'm a positive person by nature. <laughs> I probably should put that in there. Sure. But um, 
my husband and I are part of a new young church uh, down in the city in Chicago. And uh, often every week when we leave, he'll say, we're the oldest people there. And, uh, <laughs> it's a very you know, we, we, kind of, we kind of are the oldest people there. Um, but I have such great hope because I still see uh, transformation happening. Yeah. And I see young people uh, who I'm going to generalize right now, but I think the younger generation have a humility and an openness mm. to learning from the older generation that my generation did not display. Mm. At least the group I was a part of, I think we were pretty arrogant and thought our parents didn't know anything, you know. And what I'm finding from the younger people is a longing um, for someone to who's who's been around a while to walk with them and to encourage them. I'm I'm really inspired by that, and I believe um, that the church is still. Um, the one place where people are going to uncover God's grace and where we can experience when you've tasted community, Mm -hmm. um, when you've hit, when you've had uh, someone in the hospital and people show up, right. You know, when you stand side by side, I'm not a singer really, but when you stand side by side with all different kinds of people Mm -hmm. and together you are declaring truths about God and your worship. Um, There is nothing like that. There is nothing like the church. And so while it's broken and messy and all of us sinners are often (laughs) uh, making a mess of it, I I have great, great hope for the church. That's so encouraging. I want to get really practical then because I imagine there are plenty of people listening that all the gears are turning now for them. They're hearing things they've never heard or maybe they felt but never heard anyone else say before. You mentioned that you read a lot. Like, are there books or authors or websites or places you would point people if anything in the last bit has resonated with them that you would point them toward. And if you're listening, this is like the time to go get the pen right now to go right down <laughs> when she's about to say, right, yeah, right. But uh, yeah, where would, where would you point people? They're like, okay, this is like the tip of the iceberg. I want to learn more. Well, it depends what learn more about what. That's true. Um, Anything. So, we <laughs> okay. So there's uh, a new book um, by a young uh, woman leader, Katie Cole, a C-O-L-E. Of course, I don't remember the title, but it has something to do with Find her. Uh, leading in the church, um, which I which I would recommend. Um, I I'm I read so widely. I'm really kind of stuck on that question. Um, sorry. I, That's OK. I don't know. Um, I do believe, though, oh, I, I, there's some books about church pain. There's one um, called Surviving Church Pain mm. that I've been rereading lately. And so if you're a person who's been broken um, I think Google anything about church pain and there's uh, also um, a sense of uh, longing that Rachel Held Evans wrote in her book, Searching for Sunday. Yeah. And here's a young person who grew up in the church and then left the church and sadly passed away last year. But yeah. her book, I think, um, expresses to me, no matter what age you are, just this sense that's broken as it is, we find our way back. And she mm. was able to able to do that. That's really good. That's great. Well, Nancy, thank you. Uh, this has been wonderful. We hope you'll come back sometime again. We're excited to be at the Lyft Conference. We'll both be there. That's right. Uh, they might even hand us a microphone. We might get to introduce you on that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, both of you. Yeah, we're excited. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Let me remind you one more time. Nancy will be part of a team that is leading at the Restore Chicago Conference. It is a one-day conference restoring faith in God and the church. It is at Herrick Chapel at Judson University on Saturday, November the 2nd from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, for tickets and more information, it is available at julieroys.com slash restore. That's julieroys.com slash restore. And uh, Nancy will also be at the Lyft Conference on Friday, November the 15th. 
uh, at High Point Church. You can find out more about that at 1160hope.com. That's 1160hope.com. Nancy, uh, thank you so much for this. This was really our pleasure. Thank you both. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Brian Simpkins, this is Brian Fromm. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.